The unwritten rules of Facebook. It cut all of our ad costs by over 70%. How do you want to be able to take in all of this data that's around us? Some of these campaigns have done up to $20 million in sales. I think this is going to be the future for the next 10 years. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss, Heather Havenwood. Our whole world revolves around our smartphones now. You know they say we look at our phones on an average of 150 times a day or more. Look, if you're a small business and want to grow, you need to reach people where they're looking the most. They're smartphones. So text the word START to 72000 now to learn more from our friends at Mobit or go to heatherhavenwood.com forward slash Mobit. Again, text the word START to 72000 now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood. And this is The Win with Heather Havenwood. I focus on entrepreneurship and helping you make the most out of your life on entrepreneurship, making money, having fun, and doing what you love. So today I have someone super awesome on the line today. So listen up. And her name is Tildy. Tildy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you for having me. You're sure. Now, what I love about you is she's a Texas girl. So right there, you should love her. Right there. Done. Okay, we're in the interview right there. <laughs> you have a company called Womanars. I'm going to let you talk about that, but I just, you know, you're the chief visionary officer of Womanars, an organization that empowers and equips women to live their best lives. And, you know, we are sitting here right now. It's December of 2016, moving into 2017. And I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that 2017 is the year of yeah. women. I really believe that. Tilly, so, Tell us about WomanRs.com. So the vision for WomanRs was actually birthed out of trauma, believe it or not. <laughs> Most things are, right? Like birth is, I get that. So it turns something bad into something great, right? Um, yeah. That's the vision. So, but I was, I went through a pretty traumatic divorce back in 2005 and, you know, had been married for over 14 years, been together for 16 and it came out of the blue, kind of sideswiped me, something I didn't expect. So in August of 2005, he up and left me for somebody else. And it really left me, you know, asking myself the proverbial questions that a lot of us seem to be asking ourselves now is who am I? What am I going to do with the second half of my life that has more meaning? And what do I want my legacy to be? You know, what am I really passionate about? All those questions that kind of happen for us, you know, that find ourselves in one form of transition, life transition or another it really forced me to start thinking about all those questions. And at the same time, I was going online trying to find ways to protect myself, going through a divorce, trying to find an attorney, a CPA. I mean, we had commingled every part of our life. So from finances, we had a business together, we had real estate together. So it was just everything, right? Wow. And so he had gone a little rogue and started changing passwords. And so there was a lot of stuff going on along with all the emotional baggage that oh, yeah. I was having to deal with during that time frame. And I found it really hard to find the information that I could trust online. And it's not to say that it's not there, but it was just taking a lot of time to find it, right? Yeah. So I started thinking, why not build a resource for women that makes it fun and easy for them to find what they're searching for. Yeah. You know, they're going through divorce. Initially, it began like just about divorce. And then I started to realize that this is not just 
divorce. It's about everything, right? All those different topics that I was actually needing help with. So when I realized that I've always been passionate about empowering women and girls, I went through a traumatic childhood from the time I was five till I was about 12. Well, I was sexually molested from five to 12 and had to work through a lot of anger, fear, and shame in my early 20s. And so it was a combination for me of my faith and also changing my mindset and retraining my brain is what I like to call it, right? And going from fear, anger, and shame to faith, hope, and love. Yeah. You know, thank you for sharing your story with that. And I find it weird. I'm just going to, I'm totally (laughs) throwing you guys under the bus right now, guys. If you're listening, I'm just going to throw you under the bus. Just, Just hang out. So I thought, you know, the social dynamic is when men in their 40s, the the midlife crisis, right? They get a younger chick and a Corvette, right? And then women, (laughs) women during their midlife crisis that that happens, they go to like spirituality and gathering around each other. It's like this complete opposite. Like I don't see some woman going, I'm midlife crisis. I got like, you know, a beach boy and like a brand new Corvette. You know, it's more like they really try to find themselves. They really try to find who they really are and what's that message and that spirituality. And I just love that you said that. And it really is about moving the bridge. It's bridging that piece from fear, shame and guilt to hope and love and faith. And it really is that. And I think that's a really amazing that you've created that community. I had no idea that story. So thank you for sharing that. And it is true. It is true that when there's not just divorce, it could happen there like a parent's death. That's happened recently for me. It's, you know, dealing with the finances, things that we're not taught anymore. We're not taught at the age of 10 and 11, 12, right? Taxes and mingling Mm -hmm. stuff. And what does that mean for the future? And, uh, you know, all these different aspects that are really so important especially when we're, when we're older. So, you know, I just love the fact that you're able to create that community. So what are you doing now with that? That was 2005, right? What's happening now with that? What's your vision now? So the vision was always really huge, right? So I always saw video as a huge part of building this platform. Yeah. And I saw both inspiration and educational videos playing a part. And I saw this interaction that was happening between you know, the instructor and the audience and how the audience would be able to interact with each other. And I mean, obviously, this was right when video was just really coming out. And I think YouTube was just gaining popularity in 2005, 2006-ish. So what I was seeing was it was a vision, right? It was I was envisioning something that wasn't even out there yet. For me, every time that I talked to somebody, it was like somebody would punch me in the gut because it would cost millions of dollars to build this thing, right? The technology was definitely not there. And so I really sat on it for a while too, out of fear, because I thought there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this. I had, I mean, I was working full time at an airline, Southwest Airlines as an aircraft dispatcher. And even though I had already done women's empowerment classes and courses, you know, in my early twenties and thirties, this was something totally different, Mm -hmm. you know, and it wasn't just a business. We had brick and mortar businesses then as well, but this was an online component that I wasn't really familiar with or knew nothing about. So. For me, it was a lot of research that I started to do and finally having the courage to ask my friends and family what they thought about my crazy idea, (laughs) you know, and everybody was like, build it. You know, it's a great idea. There's nothing out there like it. So, you know, in 2008, I finally got the courage to ask my CPA, who was serial entrepreneur as well. I really respected her opinion. So I asked her and I said, hey, I said, what about this idea? And she's like, oh, I love it. Have you heard of webinars? I said, no, I've never heard of webinars. And she says, go home, 
research it. She says, I think that's what you're referring to. This was in 2008, mind you. So I'm driving home on my way back to downtown Dallas, and I'm looking at the Dallas skyline, and I'm repeating webinars, 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 because it's such a weird term at that time, right? And so all of a sudden, boom, I get this download, and I hear webinars. And I mean, I got chills from the top of my head to the bottoms of my feet. (laughs) And I thought, oh my gosh, I got to go home and buy that domain name, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing I did when I got home bought the domain name and made sure nobody else had it and then research webinars. And it was, it was very similar to what I wanted, except that I always envisioned both inspiration and education, you know, um, yeah, you videos. Say, you say that here says, you know, you inspire and educate women of all ages around the world to define their dreams, create a roadmap mm-hmm. and build their strength through collaboration, true collaboration. So, yeah. you know, through that process, it's really in webinars. I was doing webinars back in 2006 and seven. So I totally yeah. get that. And now it's Womanars. And thank you for sharing how cool that is. You got to download Womanars. I can just imagine you're like on I-75 or 35 through downtown. You're like, oh my God, I got to pull over. You know, I got to tell, I got to get my app out to buy the domain. I'm just kidding. That's how I am. I did that this, this last Thanksgiving. For some reason, I was getting all these kinds of crazy downloads and I'm over there just like, bye, 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 you know, go daddy. So I completely get that. So if I was going to Womanars yeah. today, and that's W-O-M-A-N-A-R-S.com, what is the vision of it now, right? If I go there now, what do I get? What you get right now is some free inspirational videos. Yeah. And then you can also opt in to watch some of our master classes. So once you opt in, then you're put into the system and it's a free membership basically where you can then you'll get notified of free live masterclasses that we hold. And then we're going to be, we offer those on demand. You'll also get, if you're a member, then you also get uh, discounts to future events. Like in May, we're going to have our very first Women Ours International Conference right here in Dallas before we go anywhere else. We're also going to be having our first retreat late 2017. So You get notified of those and you also get special discounts to those live events that we'll be holding. Awesome. So when's the first event in 2017? Do you have a date and time? And is it in Dallas? It's actually May 20th in Dallas. Yes. Nice. Congratulations. Your first, your first event. Well, I've had many events because, but not, not at this scale. So this will be our first really major because we're calling it international conference because we are going to be inviting and have invited speakers from all over the world. And also, you know, just because we want everybody to to come, you know, and is welcome to come from from all over. So and my travels have really helped me to do that, you know, and to have those connections around the world where we can actually pull from those resources. Yeah, that's true. So real quick, we're gonna take a quick break. Are you over 45, 60? Are you relying on the traditional medical field to help you feel great and get you back to a balanced body? Good luck with that. At E2Lab.com, Dr. Don Salyo got sick of people complaining about bloating, inflammation, and feeling sluggish. He has created unique, potent, and powerful non-pharmaceutical supplements to help the body rebalance, detox, and get back to being healthy. Go to E2Lab.com, getting you back to healthy and balanced. Hey, everyone. This is Heather Haven with The Win. And today I have Tildy with Womanars on the line today. And what we're talking about is inspiration. We're talking about her inspiration as the chief visionary officer of Womanars and how it's an organization that empowers and equips women to live their best lives. So I have a question for you, Tilly. In 2017, you're going to have an event coming up in Dallas. 
You got a book coming out or anything fun like that? I'm just curious. I don't even know the answer you're going to say. You know, I actually do. I've been, oh, I've been sweet. working on this. I've been working on this book and I have a publisher friend of mine, Tammy Kling, who has graciously offered to publish it once it's done. So I'm definitely going to take her up on that. But I've been working on it and it's called Removing the Masks mm. and Going from Anger, Fear and Shame to Faith, Hope and Love. So it basically chronicles the story, but it's also going to be a workbook and, you know, helping people to overcome their own anger, fear, and shame if they are suffering through any sort of traumas, you know, um, especially sexual abuse or or sexual traumas. I think it will be really helpful because so many women, I mean, when you still have one in three women that are reported to be sexually assaulted or sexually abused in their lifetime, you know, that's still too high. And that's way too many women that are probably still carrying a lot of that baggage with them and not being able to move forward into living that, you know, happy and powerful life that we're meant to live. Right. Do you find that really holds back specifically females with business and life? Yes, definitely. And why is that? It's a huge self-esteem downer. You know, I mean, there's no way to actually be truly confident and self-assured when you're carrying that kind of baggage around. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's interesting. I mean, you're talking about anger, shame and guilt, and then moving into faith and love. Mm -hmm. And how does, I mean, we want to get the book, definitely we're moving the masks, but I just, you know, how can one, they're listening right now, help themselves find their own voice and overcome, and it's a double-edged sword question, overcome trauma. Maybe it's a a step in the right direction that someone can do to really help them find their voice. Well, I think the first step for any sort of like for me, you know, the the things that I did was really admit to the things that had happened and say yeah. them out loud. You know, therapy was a huge, huge component for me when I finally agreed to you know, or found a therapist because I, I did try therapy as when I was younger. It just wasn't the right therapist. Right. And I think that's key, right, is to find the right therapist and to actually talk to somebody that's a professional about, you know, if you did experience a, a trauma like that. And I think admitting it is the first thing. And then the the biggest step for me was to forgive myself. It was easier mm-hmm. to forgive the, you know, the predators than it was to forgive myself. And I think that's where that shame comes in. You know, when people ask you, why didn't you tell? Well, hello, I was five years old, <laughs> you know, and when somebody's threatening to hurt your family, you know, I was of the personality that I wasn't going to say anything. I would rather burden the the blows than tell anyone. So or risk having any of my family are hurt. So, you know, there's a lot of different dynamics, but I think really the first key is in admitting that it happened and it's still affecting maybe some intimacy issues that people might be facing, relationship issues, self-sabotage, you know, all those things come into play. And you really have to be willing and brave enough to take an honest look at your at yourself. Yeah. And I find it interesting. This conversation is quite fascinating. It's like finding your voice. And someone said to me once that with trauma, could be PTSD, right? Could be any kind of trauma, that that could hinder you as a person to make money, right? To really be out there on a full level. Can you speak to that at all? Like if you found for yourself or other people that you've known and girlfriends? Well, I believe that you either operate out of love or fear. Mm. So if you're not operating out of love, then you're definitely operating on a fear. And if those traumas, whatever the the case may be, and you're still living in that fear, there's no way that you can then think of abundance, right? Because you're always going to be afraid of something. 
And that's where that self-sabotage comes in, right? And some people might not even know that they're doing it, but they Mm -hmm. find themselves in the same situation, working their butts off and then nothing happening. That's when you really have to be self-aware and be able to examine the things that you're doing and not doing, or maybe the things that you're saying to yourself, not out loud, but, you know, in your head that have to change a little bit. So there's a lot of different things to look at when you've gone through a trauma. But I really believe that if you just ask yourself, am I acting or speaking out of love or fear? Mm. You know, and I've heard I've heard before, I mean, I'm not definitely not a Buddha person. I don't I can't like throw off some like really amazing quote from him. But I, I will say I have heard that before and somewhere, you know, if it's the Bible or, or Buddha, right? It's like, mm-hmm. where are you coming from? And fear cannot be in a place where love is and love cannot be in a place where fear is, you know, it's like only one energy basically can happen. So, you know, that's really interesting. You say that. Thank you for saying that. And I guess the other piece of that is if you're coming from a place of love, then there's abundance. And if you're coming from a place of love, then there's attraction to money, opportunity and stuff like that. That's what you're saying, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you, I mean, you and I run in in women's circles a lot. So you know, when you run into somebody who's very competitive, yeah, you know, and they're protective of whatever, of their business, of their contacts, you know, I think for me, at least that's somebody that's operating out of fear and not out of love because somebody out of love is just going to open up their Rolodex, you know, and not necessarily to everybody, but they're more willing to do that for people, you know, and they're not as protective or doing it out of a fear-based mentality. Yeah, that's so true. I was like that. I've been always been very competitive. And it wasn't until like a couple of years ago that I saw that shift. And the more I'm, sh- you know, they call it the f- moving the free line is the more I share and give and give and give and give and give and give, the more people are attracted to what I'm sharing and what's happening, yeah. you know? And so now, you know, I've done a ton of interviews myself and I, I give as much as I possibly can. The interview I give when I'm speaking spoke at your masterclass, I try to give, like, I give it all. Like, yeah, here, I just give it, you know, here's a kitchen sink because I think that adding this such amount of value, I get something out of that. It might not be in the moment, but it's like somewhere down the road, I will get whatever. So that was a big shift for me. And I was taught at a young age, competitiveness, you shouldn't share. I was taught that it was a taught behavior. And so I had to unlearn that behavior pattern, you know, and had to actually give and give and give and give and give. So that's really interesting. So one more break, we're going to move into talking about the collaboration of the collaboration and the importance of we, not me. And I think the power of women in there. Be the boss of your life. You're listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Are you a business owner that has a website, but not tech savvy? Do you feel like a hostage to your web guy? The better question is, do you have a money funnel? So people come to your page and give you money while you sleep? No? The go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Imagine having a money site, not a website, for your self-published book, e-commerce products, local practitioners like chiropractors or lawyers. Get a money site, not a website. Go watch free video at heathermakesyoumoney.com. Okay, we're back. <laughs> it's always a lot of fun when I say that. We're back. <laughs> we're back with the win. You are learning about entrepreneurship. That's what this whole thing is about. So we are listening to Tildy. Tildy is with WomanRs.com. You can go check her out, WomanRs.com. And we're talking about a tons of different things about how Tildy has been using her personal story of transformation to connect with her audience and to motivate them to change their own lives. 
She's got a very unique ability to share the transformation power of faith and positive psychology and to deliver actionable and specific strategies that yield tangible, measurable results for those wanting to make the change in their lives. And so we've been talking a lot of different things and I want to move into collaboration, the importance of we, not me. And tell us what is it like to be running a woman's organization? Because I can see from your background, you haven't always been in, let's say, women-dominated situations, right? So military, counterintelligence, counterterrorism, all this kind of interesting things. So what is it like to be part of and the head of a a woman organization in collaboration? You know, that's a a great question because I, I really grew up, and I say grew up in a loose sense, but in the military. So I was in the army for four years and had my best mentors were while I was in the military. And they were male mentors. And they pushed me and they really helped me to be comfortable in my own skin and to believe in myself and to do things that that scared me, basically. (laughs) Yeah. And so being in a man's world, I guess, if you could call the military a man's world, I think it was a good old boys network when I was in there. But being comfortable with that and being comfortable being the only woman in a room, it instilled a lot of confidence in myself. I mean, I was 19 till I was 23 while I was in the military. So I got to do some really cool stuff and and push myself to the limits while I was there. So taking that mentality and then, you know, fast forward in 2005 and then also being in the airline industry, which is male dominated as well. Right. There was. Yeah. Maybe 2,000 aircraft dispatchers, two to 3,000 aircraft dispatchers around the world, and less than 10% were women. So I didn't know that. The dispatchers, they're the one in the towers, right? No. Aircraft dispatchers are basically, you know how NASA has control center? Yeah. So we are control center for the airline, and without our signature and the captain's signature, the flight doesn't go anywhere, anywhere. So we have to agree on the fuel mechanical issues. If there's anything that happens in the air, we're the ones that they're in communication with. So, you know, it was a male dominated industry. So I was talking to a lot of guys. (laughs) And so coming then and starting my own business that is, you know, primarily women, I found it really interesting Mm. to see the dynamics that were played because guys don't really play the, the domino game, you know, like, like who's better than who you know, or who's got the more contacts or who am I going to let into my circle? They don't have those little clicks. And so it was really interesting to then come into the networking world and to see women who were a little bit more, you know, clickish like that. And not to say that all of them were, I just don't think that women realize what they're doing a lot of times. I don't think, can I speak to that for just a second? So I completely (laughs) agree. I mean, I have stories, but I really agree with that. I don't know where it comes from. I've looked at different things psychology-wise or sociology-wise, where that comes from at a young age. But I think they don't know what they are doing. I don't think they know they're stabbing people in the what I call their sisters in the back, you know, sisters meaning other women. I've had experience recently in the last two months where I was called upon to be on this woman's panel, this big woman's event here in Austin. And the last minute, they canceled it. Well, they canceled me. Sorry. They canceled me. Okay not the program. And they, their response was, well, you know, we saw on your resume that you have a business that teaches men how to date women. And I'm like, well, yeah, I don't like, you know, cover that up. It's been there since the beginning. We've been talking for like six weeks and I, I really was an inquiry and I, I started to ask them questions and they're like, well, we don't think that's appropriate. And I'm like, 
So let me explain this to you, ladies, that I teach men how to deal with you because (laughs) you guys are conniving. And this is what I'm talking about. You just pointed out exactly what I'm talking about, why I talk to men about how to deal with you. You know, like you just pointed out exactly why. And I'm like, I'm not going to cover it up. I'm not going to try to sit here and go, oh, I don't do that. It's because it's really important. And why that business is so successful is because of that. I teach men how to deal with the backstabbing that women do and the yeah. conniving. Like, why do they, they don't understand it. The guys are over there going, I don't got it. I don't got it. You know? <laughs> so I really teach men how to deal with women in their lives. You know, moms, sisters, daughters. Because nowadays it used to be a men would go to work and their secretary was pretty much the only female they dealt with. But now they go to work and their boss is female mm. or their counterpart is female. Their associate is female. Right. Or their boss's boss three times up is female. They don't know how to deal with that, you know. And so I just, you know, my response to that organization was you just killed a sister in the back. In fact, the thing that you're out there as a woman organization saying you're saying we want to empower women. You just killed off one of your own sisters. Yeah. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. And once I pointed it out to her over a period of few emails in a loving way, she came back with like, well, was it me? You know. But I just really got that. I don't even think they're aware they're doing it because if they really thought it through, like our organizations Mm -hmm. up to empowering women in the world, why would we kill off a sister? Right. Let's figure out why she's doing what she's doing and seeing if it really empowers us. Because at the end of the day, I figure if I empower one man to understand us, I've empowered like six women because I'm sure there's like six women he deals with on an everyday basis. Right. So going back (laughs) to what you said, the collaboration. So did you, that's a big shift. And this is my question to you. My big shift is you go from a lot of men talking to men all the time. And I, I completely relate because that's been my business. Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Was that kind of weird for you? Was that like new for you? What would you think of that? You know, I had to learn. So I, I was really fortunate that I found some women who took me under their wing and mentored me because obviously I had never done this before. I mean, I had led women's ministries and I had been doing classes and courses, but it was primarily in church, right? So now coming into the business world and starting my own business, it was a whole other networking group. So I was really fortunate in finding some women that took me under their wing. And basically, I just I followed them around and started to to mimic the things that I felt comfortable with. Right. And kind of uh, doing my own kind of role playing. I took the best of what I enjoyed and really respected from each of them. And I learned how to talk to women better, basically is what ended up happening, right? But I'm also, I've always been a great listener. And I found that the more that I listened, the better relationship builder that was for me. You know, to really, I mean, obviously going through some courses that I went through in the military as far as interviewing people, being able to read people, and things like that really helped me as well, because I was able to read these women and to figure out, okay, what is it that, that they really want? And, and really, if we just listen to each other and not always talk at each other, um, you'll be able to see what people are really passionate about, what they need. And so that's, that's one of the strengths that I found I had is in building those relationships is just to listen. Yeah, to really listen and be there for them. And figure out how I can help them. You know, that was a a big one. 
So, yes, it's interesting. And I think that more that more that I, I feel now this is me making this up. I feel that 2017 is going to be the year of the woman. I really believe that mm-hmm. because I think there's a huge shift happening, specifically women in entrepreneurship and businesses and owning businesses and really stepping up. I think they're ready for it. I think what's going to take is for us to, to collaborate, as you yeah. said, collaborate and not, you know, I'm a Southern woman. So it's like, what was that Southern like, ha, and then like stab yeah. each other in the back. <laughs> There's a lot of sayings about that, Southern women, but it's, it's something that we need to empower each other is yeah. the key piece. It's really about empowering each other and less about competing with each other. Right. And we often say that, right? And I've said this in other talks that I've given is that a lot of people talk about collaborating, mm-hmm. but a, most people don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's so true. We're not what taught the, that, how to collaborate. Yeah. Well, we're taught to say it, you know, but, right. but like, you know, going back to your point, I really believe that the future belongs to those of us who are willing to collaborate both in business and in life. And so... I see 2017 as the greatest opportunity for women who are collaborators, you know, and willing to greet each other with open arms instead of, you know, backstabbing hands across the chest. Yeah. Well, hands across the chest, you know, not willing to, not willing to, to give, you know, and to go into networking events with a give instead of an ask, you know, that's Mm -hmm. sort of the opposite of what we're all taught is go in knowing what to ask go in and listen and see what you can offer to people first you know and then ask them and ask you know, a question or at, you know tell somebody if they ask you how they how how they can help you you know but just don't go in there one one-sided thinking about what you're going to ask for go in there and listen and see if you can offer anything or give anything to somebody you know i always say that entrepreneurship is like the literally placing the society that we were taught in school upside down, right? Because if you walk into school, let's say college, okay, you are basically taught, especially in college, we're taught that everyone there in, in that class is our competition, especially if, they, if the professor's like, this is on a bell curve, you know, you're like, ah, competitive. So, you know, it breeds competition. Like this person next to you, to the left of you, and I had one of those professors, they go, Look to the person to the right of you, look to the left of you. They're probably not going to be there. You're like, oh my God, competition, you know? So it breeds competition. It doesn't breed collaboration. And then every now and then you get the professor or the college course or whatever course, and they would say, we're going to break you in groups. And the whole course is about the group project. And everyone would be like, oh, yeah, because people like, just let me do it, you know? We're taught individual, individual, individual. We're not taught about collaboration. But in entrepreneurship, you are not alone. You cannot be on an island and be successful. You've got to learn to collaborate with other people and other entrepreneurs and brainstorm and give value. And it really does mess up (laughs) people's heads because it's really the, you know, it's different collaboration Mm -hmm. versus competition with your peer. That's what I find anyway. I don't know if you find that as well. You know, I think being in, again, being in sports when I was younger, I love kickball. That was my thing. And I, throughout high school, I mean, I was always a a team player and I think for kids that's essential, you know, and I don't believe in all, I, I mean, I believe in competition, 
because I don't believe that everybody deserves a first prize. I <laughs> you know? agree. So, I agree with that. Kids need to learn how to lose and lose gracefully. But I also think that that played a huge part in my mentality, you know, and going into the military and obviously that team mentality there. So I think for me, it came a little bit easier because I did come from that sort of background. You know, I had those experiences that really helped me to see, you know, and actually I get excited about collaborating with other people. That's why I've structured woman ours to where it's a win, 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 right? We win, the instructors win and the audience wins. Um, because of that collaboration and being able to, to, to lead by example, basically, you know, I love it. And you're absolutely correct. I mean, and I love what you're doing with webinars. Uh, I'm, I'm a masterclass teacher at webinars. I want everyone to go check Tildy out at womanars.com and spell it for you. W O M A N A R S.com. You can also check her out at Twitter webinars as well as Facebook webinars. Tildy, thank you so much for being here and thank you for being on the win and And I just really want to acknowledge you for everything you're doing for women, the collaborating and creating, empowering women to really live their best lives. And this is Heather Havenwood with The Win. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200, and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. For outside the USA, text sexy to plus one, Three two three four five seven double two double eight. Text sexy two plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Long distance charges may apply. Heather wants to hear from you. Questions you want answered on the show. Comments, interview requests. Email media at sexybossinc.com or leave a private voicemail. 51 boss is me. Again, the number is 512-677-4763. Check out all of Heather's sites. HeatherHavenwood.com SexyBossInc.com E2Lab.com DatingTriggers.com This is a Sexy Boss Wrap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.